Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast. This is volume 12, issue 556, and we're going to talk about Animal Crossing New Horizons. Joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue are Brian Edwards. Hello, hello. My other neighbour, Chris O'Regan. Hello, and I don't have any turnips, sorry. And the museum keeper, maybe, Ryan Zhao. Hello, just living that island life. Indeed. Uh, welcome one and all. Animal Crossing New Horizons is a cute social simulation game in the smallest possible description <laughs> I could think of. Uh, you'll also probably have heard of it. It's a Nintendo Switch exclusive and uh, is the sequel to the previous Animal Crossing games. We covered those back in a podcast some years ago indeed. Uh, it was 2013, April, um, so around the time of the release of New Leaf, I would think. Uh, I deliberately haven't been back to listen to it because I didn't want to kind of preempt repeating myself or refer back too much to it. So, But if you do want to hear what uh, myself and, uh, and Darren, I can't remember who else was on that show back in 2013. Anyone? No, no one knows. It's a, it's a mystery. I didn't even put it in the description because I used the Mr. Resetti angry, I'm about to reset your game. Uh, <laughs> you, you tried to cheat uh, script for the, for the blurb for that one. So, but yes, that covers all the way from really, we talk a little bit about Animal Forest on the N64, but obviously none of us really played that one. Uh, we talk about the GameCube version and subsequent versions up to New Leaf. Obviously, some of that will be relevant to this show. But, Brian, you weren't even with mm -hmm. us back then, so I know you weren't on that podcast. What's your history with Animal Crossing and specifically this one? Uh, yeah, so I've been an Animal Crossing guy since since the GameCube one. Um, have played, I think, all of them, even including Pocket Camp, uh, pretty extensively. Right. Um, I uh, When my wife and I were engaged, we were living in an apartment together, and I and that was at the time that City Folk came out for the Wii, mm -hmm. and I got that, and my wife, who had not seen Animal Crossing before then, um, started getting into it then with me. So we've played each one kind of together since then. Sweet. Um, yeah, it's been good. So, uh, yeah, I would say, um, you know, you know, how many hundreds of hours can you sink into these games? Who knows how much I've played the entire series lifetime, but uh, pretty well-versed uh, in the series and uh, was... Was very excited for this. Um, the the context of this game, notwithstanding, I would have this would have been a day one purchase for me had the world not been tipped upside down. So it was certainly yeah. a day one purchase for me in the context. So yeah, I was there from day one, and uh, I can't I can't remember how long it took me to get KK Slider to come perform a concert, but um, uh, I eventually rolled credits in big air quotes, and and as we'll probably talk about, that's <laughs> when a lot of the game begins too. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, kind of kind of a played played them all. And kind of a, a uh, enjoy various aspects of the different entries in the series. Mm, yeah, sure. Uh, Chris, I know you've enjoyed a life of servitude to uh, to the evil capitalist overlord Tom Nook. Uh, enjoyed is a is a broad term. I wouldn't <laughs> say enjoyed. That's, that's a word you can certainly use. Not the one I would tend to that experience. Um, Will willingly partake in. <laughs> no, just it's, it's defiance, and we'll talk about it later. But. My history with uh, Animal Crossing goes back to the GameCube. Remember, watch, reading an Edge uh, uh, review of the game that originally came out in Japan, and mm. I'm not sure I misremember it and saw, I know someone can look back and say, no, that's not what I said. But I get the impression that it was like, 
this is a really strange game that's arrived in Japan and Nintendo. We're never going to see this. No way. It's like too many words, too many translations. It's not going to happen. Mm. I, I, I'm, that's what I remember from it. Uh, but I did manage to get it, and I don't remember playing it very much. I obviously got distracted all those 20-plus years ago. Um, and indeed, I didn't really pick it up on the Wii either. I didn't really dive into it until New Leaf on, on the DS. I loved it. Um, it, uh, it was really distracting. From, but um, not nearly as much as you know the one we're going to be talking about is New Horizons, which I first played at PAX East 2020. That was a silly place to be then, but there it is. And uh, mm, this is just yeah. in March 2020. Oh, boy. And then when I got home very mm. soon after everything locked down, and I still remember having to pick it up from a locker in an Amazon locker rather than, you know, getting it delivered. Uh, and uh, that was, you know, actually potentially risking my life for this game <laughs> to go and go to the locker to pick it up. It was in a garage, so it's not, not a lot of people around, but even still, the act of traveling was, was precarious. Um, but no, uh, so while I had a lot of time with the DS game, I don't remember a lot of it. And I'd forgotten I've played so many different things. It, it, it arrived you know, 10 years prior. So I, uh, well, eight years prior, but um, I, I then found myself really delving into um, using this as a bit of a prop. And again, we're going to talk about that later. But I wanted to see what, you know, the real emergence of all this additional stuff that eventually grows and grows and grows. And I loved it. Um, but I'm going to leave it at that. But um, yeah, I, I really delved into But the, the, the latest one, this the New Horizon one we're talking about today, um, I really, really dove into it more, more than any other Animal mm. Crossing, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Ryan, I think you've got some history with the ways of the Animal Crossing. Yeah. Um, my kind of entry point into the series is a bit of a weird one. It wasn't even on my radar. I don't think I'd ever seen hide nor hair of it until i was at a uh was at an event um in seattle every year they used to do what they would call like a toy test at the uh pacific science center which was like a video game a place where you can demo upcoming video games it weren't really toys so it was a little bit of a i don't know if it, it didn't feel like it was being used derisively but it wasn't even something back then that i was like super into the branding of but anyways um i i was it was a, a show they didn't really i don't even remember if they publicized ahead of time what was going to be there but i remember going for maybe two or three years and uh some games i was looking forward to playing like the next tony hawks pro skater and the next uh the the godzilla fighting game i don't remember what it was called but uh back on the gamecube uh they had a mm. few gamecubes playstation 2s xboxes set up uh, you, you'd stand on a long line and then basically they would just send you to the next open station kind of regardless of what it was uh, regardless of like whether or not you were interested in it it was just you would you would go to the next open station you would play for 10 minutes and then you would get back in the in the long line for a um, chance to kind of re-roll the dice again uh, there were a few games that I remember seeing I remember seeing Ico there uh, or Ico and uh, not really knowing what to make of it, it wasn't one that I played at the time. Um, and then I got uh, I got sent to the Animal Crossing station at one point, and it wasn't the type of game that I like spent that much time playing back in the day. And I can't imagine mm. that 
at a quick like 10 minute expo, like an Animal Crossing would stand out. But for some reason, like it really got under my skin in those 10 minutes in a good way. Uh, it really, uh, really got its hooks in me. And I couldn't stop thinking about it <laughs> after that show. And so it was another like three months before the game actually came out. And I was there pretty much to, uh, I think I probably got it for Christmas or something like that, um, came bundled in with its own memory card because for some reason it had some sort of an exorbitant memory or yeah. Oh yeah. Memory. Full memory card. Storage, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, my brother bought a separate memory card so that he could play his own town and we used to travel back and forth and lose our faces when we forgot to save while we were in the other's town. A bunch of weird stuff in that original Animal Crossing, but I played it for many years uh, off of the uh, the GameCube version. Really loved that. Um, I bought the DS version a little while later, and I uh, I didn't end up spending that much time with it for some reason. I don't remember what the circumstances were around that. I think it was just being distracted by other stuff. Um, yeah, I just I don't have that many memories of playing Wild World on DS, and then I skipped mm -hmm. City Folk on Wii because I didn't mm -hmm. play that much on Wii in total. And then, uh, 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 of course, nothing on the Wii U. But the uh, 3DS New Leaf I picked up probably pretty close to the time at which it came out, and um, played that for years and years. Really really fell in love with that one and all its kind of like weird eccentricities and the, the strange happenings that you stumble upon once in your 300 hours of playtime and never again. Um, I, I had my own like recreation of the Twin Peaks Red Room in my basement of my house and uh, had my weird looking gas mask villager that, you know, I don't know. I just had a really fun time with that game. And so I was pretty much sold on a uh nintendo switch animal crossing from the from its first utterance so uh yeah i bought this one at launch uh digitally to try to recapture the magic of new leaf and i played it for probably about probably about a year maybe half a year uh i don't remember how long i stuck with it um I, I dropped it after that, but uh, reinstalled to play a little bit of the expansion, mostly in preparation for the show. It wasn't something that I bought on its own uh, when it came out, but uh, when the show was added to the schedule, I made sure to download the DLC and play around a little bit with that and uh, ended up enjoying that a little bit. Uh, need to spend some more time with that, but uh, I'm, I'm at this point uh, mostly caught up with the series, but uh, yeah, I was kind of a kind of an on again off again but with a really strong start and uh really love the 3ds entry most of all mm. yeah myself i probably detailed it on that previous podcast but in case you don't remember or don't want to listen to that i started life with animal crossing with importing or my partner imported the u.s copy for me because as chris said it looked like europe would never get animal crossing at that point although it had been translated into english there was the issue with translating into multiple languages for a European release. And it was felt that that probably wouldn't happen. As it turned out, about a year, a year and a half later, it actually did. But uh, but I stuck with my NTSC copy using a freeloader disc. And I played a lot of that one. It didn't have any kind of in-game clock as far as I can recall. Well, li literally it has an in-game clock because that's what everything's based around. It didn't have a, a kind of uh, how much time you've played kind of thing. So I really don't know. But I used to put it on 
a lot, uh, at least once or twice a day for a long time. And then sporadically as as it got older and older. Um, but that one had some things that has, have never been repeated, such as the ability to collect uh, NES or Famicom games and play those and things like that. Um, and yeah, it had a it did have a slightly different vibe. That was a was kind of fairly direct but HD port of the the original N sixty four Animal Forest. Um, but yes, I was I was hooked on the series from that point on. Really, I found that I enjoyed the loop and sort of created my own purpose in playing, which I, which seems to be the sort of the the thing that where this game leaves a lot of people cold is the the, the lack of sense of urgency or aim, which I completely understand. Um, but yeah, I went on, bought the uh, the DS version, trying to think which order things happened. Uh, that one I liked a bit less. Uh, it was a little, little bit framey and a little bit rough looking. Never quite charmed me, although I still played it a good deal. Uh, skipped the Wii version, as Ryan said. Lest we forget, there was no Wii U version. Um, all we got was a Me Plaza theme <laughs> for for that. And then, yeah, I got the 3DS version for review i think and but continued to play it long after i'd reviewed it and put about 80 to 90 hours into that one uh, so yes it was a day one purchase for me as with everybody else of course the global pandemic it was happening i decided to buy it digitally on the day of release reviews were were good and um i bought myself a copy digitally and a copy for my niece as well who was new to the game um and i thought we could have fun kind of you know visiting each other's villages and sharing items and all that kind of thing. And so we did. And she uh, and her mother, my sister-in-law, have put in, I would, I haven't asked how many hours they've put in, but more than me and my game clock for New Horizons is is saying 250 hours. So I've played this quite a lot. So this was made by Nintendo EPD, who uh, were the result of a consolidation of the two former big Nintendo studios, EAD and SPD. The director is Aya Kyogu, Kyogoku, forgive my pronunciation, that sounded terrible, uh, who was a former Atlas employee until 2003, then joined Nintendo, worked originally on Four Swords Adventures and Twilight Princess, uh, then moved on to the Animal Crossing series, uh, up through uh, directing New Leaf was the first uh, first one she directed. And uh, as obviously, yeah, uh, absolutely key figure in both the studio and the series. Game's release was originally going to be 2019. But of course, Nintendo then had to genetically manufacture the COVID-19 virus <laughs> uh, to create the exact right, perfect commercial scenario for them to launch the game to the public. Is that libelous? Probably highly illegal and misinformation led. So <laughs> you've been tagged. Um, Where to go, Leon? A, Good job. It was absolutely in jest. Uh, obviously, I, yeah, um, it was delayed it's... for development reasons, as far as we know at this point, to March twentieth, twenty twenty. Toaf from our Patreon says, "Ultimately, I don't know how I feel about New Horizons' shift towards crafting, but I adore the game. I was initially disappointed when Nintendo delayed the release from September to March." but I made peace with the fact that it would be a better game for it. March turned out to possibly be the most perfect release date for a game ever. ACNH will forever be tied to the pandemic in my memory for keeping me sane while I was trapped inside. You'll hear that sentiment a lot. The reviews were really positive for this one. 90% from 145 reviews recommended by 99% of those. User reviews almost as positive. 
to this day on Nintendo Life, which is obviously a Nintendo positive site. But it has an 8.8 out of 10 from over 1,250 folks. Uh, won some awards. Uh, won the Best Family Game at the Game Awards. Uh, Famitsu Game Awards Game of the Year. Japan Game Awards Game of the Year. Golden Joystick Awards Nintendo Game of the Year. And uh, BAFTA's Game Beyond Entertainment and Multiplayer Game as well. Uh, now, the series sales, this is... Uh, pretty remarkable pretty extraordinary obviously sales are not necessarily an indicator of quality in any field however this is yeah astonishing total sales reached 40 million units by september the 30th 2022 on november the 9th 2022 it was reported that animal crossing new horizons had become the best selling game in japan of all time and the 13th best selling video game of all time i mean playing the gamecube animal crossing and thinking about that game and how much it felt like that game was made for me like you yeah. know this weird little gamer right. kid and just like you know wow i guess you know I, I just have to shut this off and come back tomorrow there's nothing left to do or i don't <laughs> look at these holes but i don't have a shovel yet hopefully the shop has one tomorrow to that turning into the like the best-selling game in japan of all time yeah. a, a game in that franchise i mean I don't know if anybody could have prognosticated that happened. <laughs> That's it's even based on the predecessor, like looking at the sales through the series. So the, the N64 Animal Forest only sold 200 odd thousand copies. Fair enough. It was on a it was a late release on a console that didn't do amazingly well. And it was a released in Japan only. Right. Fair enough. The GameCube version ended up selling two and a quarter million copies. Fine for a weird little niche game that's weird and niche. Mm -hmm. right <laughs> ds version came out now the ds of course was huge humongous uh compared to previous generations of nintendo at least since the the nes and the super nes and sold nearly 12 million copies very very healthy indeed city folk weirdly even though it was on the map also massive we only sold 4 million copies i think at that point it sort of made sense i think maybe to more people as a handheld game than a sit-at-home game. Um, but still, then New Leaf came along on the 3DS, uh, which ended up doing really well after a slow start and sold 13 million copies, so marginally pipping the DS version. Then we've had games like the Happy Home Designer, which have sold 3.5 million, and Amiibo Festival, which may have sold uh, half a million copies. And then we had New Horizons, which sold, yeah, like three times over almost uh, what its predecessor on the 3DS sold. So yeah, perfect storm. So what drew people in the first place? The scenario goes thus, according to Nintendo, if the hustle and bustle of modern life's got you down, Nook, uh, Tom Nook has a new business venture up his sleeve that he knows you'll adore, the Nook Inc. Deserted Island Getaway Package. Sure, you've crossed paths with colourful characters near and far. You had a grand time as one of the city folk Maybe you even turned over a new leaf and dedicated yourself to public service. But deep down, isn't there a part of you that longs for freedom? Then perhaps a long walk on the beach of a deserted island where a rich wealth of untouched nature awaits is just what the doctor ordered. Peaceful creativity and charm await as you roll up your sleeves and make your new life whatever you want it to be. Collect resources and craft everything from creature comforts to handy tools. Embrace your green thumb as you interact with flowers and trees in new ways. Set up a homestead where the rules of what goes indoors and out no longer apply. 
make friends with new arrivals, enjoy the seasons, pole vault across rivers as you explore, and more. Quite a few hints at some of the uh, evolutions and changes within the mechanics there, uh, and some bullet points. Customize your character at home, decorate the landscape with furniture if you like, as you create your very, very own island paradise. So that was all new. Experience a robust new crafting system, collect materials to construct everything from furniture to tools. That was all new and enjoy a variety of relaxing activities like gardening, fishing, decorating, interacting with charming NPCs and more as classical Animal Crossing experiences come to life in fun new ways with the deserted island setting. Some of that is new, but a lot of that's uh, standard Animal Crossing stuff, particularly the uh, the fishing <laughs> and, the ch and the interacting with NPCs. Christopher Love from email says New Horizons was a buoyancy aid for mental health during the pandemic. Like anyone that had to work during lockdown, I feared transporting the dreaded virus every time I came home, stripping off, washing my uniform and showering before even talking to the much better half. I've never smelled so minty fresh in all my days. I had many sleepless nights. That's where New Horizons came in. I became addicted to nighttime fishing. Hands sore from scrubbing and alcohol gels held the switch which transported you to your own little island where your only concern was the occasional wasp sting. The hourly change in background music was bizarre during those hours, much like, in the band, much like the band themselves were struggling to stay awake. A sanative routine of looping your island in the hopes of locating shadows in the aquatic byways of your own creation. It mightn't sound like much, but at that moment in time, it was invaluable. There is a lot I can criticise New Horizons for. After filling the museum with bugs and fish, there's little to keep me enticed by the island. Although it has the most hours logged on my Switch, lording over Monster Hunter Rise and Stardew Valley. So I obviously had no trouble holding attention. I even spent time genetically engineering blue roses. When the Mario items appeared, I thought this was a sign of possible crossovers to come. Items unlocked for having other first-party Nintendo save files on the system, perhaps? Even an outbreak of Pikmin you could capture with your net would have been a nice touch. Instead of complaining about what the game lacks, I'll remember it as a safe haven from worry. I may even return to the island to check up on Old Fang, my companion from the Cube days, my Wolfie Fidus. Achates? Achates? This title transcended what I thought games were possible of, connecting us in a time when we felt so distant and providing, provided some mental well-being when we needed it most. For that, it should be remembered fondly, with my toe dipped in digital water, waiting for the next bite. Yeah, we had quite a quite a bit of correspondence along those lines. Uh, Mirrorin from our Patreon said, This was the game that made me realise other people could see how many hours I'd logged on my Switch when I was deeply embarrassed by a colleague messaging me to say, Oh my God, you've spent a lot of time playing Animal Crossing New Horizons. It was at least 300 plus hours, I think. If it's not clear from that, I really like this game and it crystallises memories of a very specific weird time of my life with its release coinciding almost exactly with the beginning of lockdown. And Cameron S, also from our Patreon, says ACNH came at an ideal time, not just because it was a tense, unsure and isolated time, but for me personally, because it was a time that I had spare hours to burn on a game like this. It kept me busy on 30 degree C days and minus 30 degree C days. Thank you, Atlantic Canadian weather. And was even the getaway gateway game that got my partner into gaming. But looking back, I don't think much of that time was really me having fun. It was simply me doing something that was calming, familiar, etc. And doing it for a lot of hours. 
we'll talk more about sort of how we each play. Um, but I just want to talk a little bit about the audio because I think it's another kind of important part of the experience. I think there have been some interviews or, or videos with the audio team out there, uh, which have talked about how I think even going back to the earlier games in the series, they were absolutely specific about using natural real world Foley, not not canned effects or, or um, uh, you know, library effects, but actual going and fetching sounds of the sea, sounds of the trees, sounds of the wind and deploying it carefully within the game. And um, and for me, that, again, that adds another level of being there and set in this very cartoony land. Um, the fact that things sound like either either they've got kind of funny, cutesy sounds um, and we'll talk about the kind of the, the, the way the characters sound, but. Uh, but the actual environment, the sound of walking on snow or sand um, and things like the chopping of wood and things like that uh, is something that is just kind of on a on a primal level, quite pleasant mm. to be within. I the, the one case of what you're speaking of, Lee, and I can specifically remember is I find it amazing that I played this game almost entirely handheld, um, you know, on, on my switch. Okay. Uh, that's just kind of how I play my switch. Um mm-hmm. And I found it absolutely amazing that from the tiny little speaker on the switch that I could be standing in one part of my island, hear hear a <laughs> cricket, and know it was northwest. Like just know it. <laughs> it was north. Like the yeah, way that yeah. spatial audio works, and to like where the footsteps are if you're looking for a particular villager or um, just anything. Just kind of the 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 kind of whistling breeze of the balloon. Exactly. Uh, yeah. it, it's it's amazing. I think the sound in this game is just so pleasant and i think the reason is because you said it's it's so natural to to the rippling of the waves when you're you're catching a fish to just even the 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 slight musical cues i'm not just talking about the music in general but uh just Mm. there's these little like kind of tingles and chimes and stuff that are happening all the time Mm. it's just Mm. it 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 gives you that overwhelming satisfaction of feeling like you're really being there i know that's an overused term but like like when you're on that island, yeah. there's no mistaking it, and yeah. everything, every sensory input that you have is registering something from that place. If I made one of my favourite sounds, was I'm busy doing something in the middle of the night, come home from work or something like that, and then all of a sudden you hear that, bring like, ah, shooting star, and yep. it was just that yeah, was lovely. Yeah. That was just, and they were wonderful directional. And you had the multiple ones, and you'd just be wishing on a on a star and getting loads of stars the next day. You make sure you pick them up, otherwise they're gone. Um, and it's just mm. wonderful. I loved collecting those. I, I, I just and those sounds. Uh, I can only uh, echo what Brian's saying about the environmental sounds. Foley. It definitely really helped make the game much more than it would have been otherwise. Obviously, the music's always been a big part of the Animal Crossing experience from the. Various title themes, which you'll hear every time you load up the game, unless you've got your sound muted to the KK Slider songs. But um, for me, one of the and this is actually more of a visual thing than an audio thing, but one of the absolute highlights of this version over all other versions for me is the collection of record covers Mm -hmm. for KK Mm, Slider's records, because they are just some of the cutest things I have ever seen in a (laughs) game. Um, I've always been a KK Slider fan, but some of those album covers, or, or I guess they're, maybe they're singles, really, because there's only one track per 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 record. But um, some of those pictures are just so adorable. I just think KK Slider is such a such a nice character. 
Um, but there's also stuff like the song that plays or the music that plays in the last hour of the shop being open. It's absolutely heart-meltingly beautiful, but you might never hear it. It's um, I, I, I'm going to ask Jay to stick it at the end of this show because it's just, yeah, the first time I heard it, I was just like awestruck, like that they just snuck this amazing piece in there that's uh, just to indicate that the shop's about to close. Any other musical moments or, or bits that sound out? Obviously, we've got the sea shanties back uh, with one of the updates. Yeah, that's <laughs> thanks to Cat. Yeah, that was that. That was my biggest miss from the first, from uh, New Horizons for me. Is I love uh, the sea shanty song going to the end. It was so great. But um, uh, I just like the the way they pull off that the thematic tone of a muted trumpet throughout this game. Like it just <laughs> it's so it's everything it's all about soft tones right it's everything is mm-hmm. so welcoming yeah. and warm come on in like for every theme doesn't matter morning evening night the hourly change of music the different season it's just it's all got that that coziness to it and there are people who know a lot about a lot more about music than i can that will tell you that it's also because they're using these scales or using these things but to, to me just listening to it it's that it's that initial line line of notes from that muted trumpet and it just you just feel mm. you just settle in like it's just like yep we're here we're doing it and just mm-hmm. it's it's cozy feels like home all that all that stuff yeah i love any of the bits on the acoustic guitar where it feels like they're just noodling like they're not even really playing a melody they're just kind of like strumming every once in a while and hitting a few notes in between as far as like what they think would sound good it's just it has a feeling of somebody sitting around a campfire just kind of playing with the instrument and not really trying to impress anyone and uh that it sets such a nice tone for just kind of walking around in the island there's a lot of time where you know whether there i don't remember if there's times when there's no music playing at all or whether the uh space between notes in those kind of slower songs could just kind of drag on for a while but uh you know it it Mm. does such a nice job of just falling to the background and giving you that like just that feeling of of being in the space and letting the environmental sounds take up most of the sonic range rather than really underscoring everything. Yeah. So props to Kazumi Totoka and uh, the original KK Slider and team. Totoka has been with uh, Nintendo since the early nineties and worked on Mario Paint and Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins and uh, various uh, amazing soundtracks since then. And of course, lest we forget, we can actually make your own tune as well. Ah, yes, make a town, town tune. tune. I um, did it by okay. yeah, good old Sussex by the Sea for me, <laughs> or just the first few notes yeah. of it. Yeah, uh, with the frog sliders. Um, I think that was in that was a, a feature that has stuck around since the original. Yeah. In fact, the town tune one. Yeah. Uh, I also uh, wanted to give props to, uh, although obviously we've now since been spoiled as of since twenty twenty with. PlayStation 5 DualSense haptics. Um, HD rumble is used in a nice way in this game. And uh, Will Marley from our forum says, I love the sound design and the HD rumble for basic actions. The feel of chopping wood, swishing the net and yanking the fishing rod was so satisfying. I think that mechanical tactility along with the music is what got me through to the credits. Yeah, chopping wood. I can feel it in my hands now as I think about it. It's not just the audio. It's also the rumble. I'm I'm thinking about playing it with the with the pro controller, but I imagine it's a, a similar deal on the uh, on the 
the nunchucks. What are they called? Joy-Cons. I've gone back in time. Welcome to 2007, yeah. everyone. Okay. So, yeah, I do want to know, like, we're obviously all here because we fundamentally got on with the game to some degree, uh, even if, you know, it had aspects that worked better or worse for us individually. Um, there are a lot of people out there who just, yeah, just don't feel any urge to even start playing this game and or when they have started to try and play this game they've been completely nonplussed by its utter banality (laughs) so i kind of want to get into what yeah i I guess we've sort of touched on it but what's your like brian like me you like to fill the museum that's like the that's the first point of order um now the the dinosaur bones are, are something which are much easier to collect all of than, say, the paintings, yes. which could take you your, the rest of your life. Um, I mean, I, I know there are ways around this, but, um, but yeah, com- completing the art gallery is an order of magnitude yep. more challenging than, than anything else. But for the, for the fish and the bugs, you do need to turn the game on at different times yep. of year and look at your charts and all that kind of stuff. And, th- yeah, for me, that is really like paying off the mortgage is one side thing but actually they kind of feed into each other don't they because you really spare fossils are bells it's so that is kind of how sorry and i'll keep going on tangents here i was kind of a bit weirded out when all these newcomers to animal crossing that i saw online in 2020 were playing the min max the stalk market (laughs) game yep which became a real thing. Yep. And people were going, I got 80 billion bells this Tuesday or whatever. And I'm like, oh, well, that's you broken the game then. <laughs> <laughs> like, was that, I mean, if that's how you want to do it, then fine. And it does make sense. But to me, actually, the kind of, maybe it's Stockholm syndrome, but the slow grind of earning money and paying off the, paying off the, <laughs> paying off the evil raccoon was kind of what keeps me I going. I wanted this to feel real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that that is always what's kept me going about these games. What I've always found um, appealing about them is that I'm I'm already a collector by nature, so this just kind of feeds mm. into that. And I love yeah. the idea of I have always loved the idea of the fishing at different times, going to different places for different bugs, and and um, yeah. the I, the painting the art gallery is the one part of my museum that is incomplete and probably will remain incomplete. Always. But um, the, yeah. all the rest have have been completed and. I, it's just that, as you said, it's not just, because my wife will always, she'll, she'll pick on me because she's very much into the fashion and the designing and other parts of the game. Yeah. And she'll right. be like, all you do is fish. It's like, well, no, I mean, yes, but <laughs> I, I, what I, what I can't donate, I'll then sell. And then I will use to buy new, to pay off my mortgage, do those things. Like you say, exactly. it, it's, or maybe a new hat yeah, if I'm feeling joy. I, I tend to collect, um, umbrellas in these games, parasols. I, uh, and uh, they, ah, so does yeah, my oh, really, that's funny. Um, I, uh, it's one of those things that it's just it it feels so natural to me because that's that's the way I kind of like to do things in in my in my real life and and animal crossing is nothing if not to me than just a oversimplification of just the things that I like to do in my and my regular day-to-day routine like if if animal crossing's feeling its best to me it's like a like a, a a lazy Saturday morning where I get to just, you know, do a crossword puzzle and play video games. Like that's that's Animal Crossing me, but just all the time, you know. So, uh, yeah, so I'm just going around fishing, collecting bugs and, and donating to the museum. Um, I was actually, I was kind of put off by the get your island to a five-star rating to get K.K. Slider to come. Right. Um, because I wasn't really interested in building walkways and, and things. I would create... um. 
it was pretty opaque as yes. to what the criteria were as well. So you just had to keep kind of fiddling around yeah. and adding stuff until it eventually said, yours a five-star right. island. And the way I ended up doing that was was by trying to make my villagers' homes a little prettier for them, like give them a little path, you know, give them a little, some flowers, some things like that. And yeah. I, I, I naturally got there eventually. I, I can't remember how long it took me, but I'm first and foremost a, a collector in these games. Um, and uh, I, I love bringing Blathers his bugs to disgust him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chris, what are your hooks and drivers in an Animal Crossing, if any, or did you have a sort of uh, a more chaotic approach? Sadly, my day job really bled into this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, and I zoned the island, one of the earliest things I did. SimCity yep. style. Uh, I actually, uh, <laughs> I there was a river between my island. That's gone. Nah, go. Don't want that. It split the island in half. Like, no, nah, this is annoying. I got rid of it. Um, and I actually had a football stadium thing. That was cool. Um, but I did have like, yeah, mm. and there was, um, I had a wildlife, re- wildlife retreat in my island that was undeveloped and no one but me could go there. So the, the, the other villagers could not get there. I made it so they couldn't, they had certain, they couldn't go hmm. stand steps or anything like that. They just wouldn't do it. So I was like, okay, well, just isolate it. So only I could go there. So it was my, and it had a little pool in the middle of it. But you're the had, only one who one of those people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> what about the right to roam, Chris? It was, it was, you're one of those evil landowners. The only thing that was there was bamboo. So I, was, I called it bamboo land. So I'm going to go to bamboo land. <laughs> yeah. and, and then everything else was like, just had its place deliberately. Because one of the things yeah. that drove me, and I don't know why, I maybe just the biggest thing. It, yes, all the digging up for fossils, and I mean, I did do the the turnip thing and do the, you know, the horse trading stuff, and managed to get bajillions of bells because I just right. detested Nook and giving him money. So, like, well, I'm just going to break it, knowing that he's going to be angry. Perfect. I want him to. So I was always I was solvent relatively early. Um, so once I've become solvent, then I could do the things I wanted to do. And one of the things I, I gave every every single home its own garden with fence and everything. Wow. So they, that was all, all laid out. But the one thing that drove me more, and this may sound a bit twee, and I'm sorry, but I wanted to make sure everyone was content. I would spend yeah. a lot of time talking to all the villagers, making sure they're happy and if they needed anything and if they... And I just, that's what I remember spending a lot of time making sure before I logged off every day, it wasn't the weeds, it wasn't the fishing and stuff, and the fishing competition and what stuff, that was wonderful. But it's really making sure everyone was happy. And I would actually talk to them and make sure, and I always make sure I talked to every single one of them before I logged off. Um, so wow. that's, 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 that's also what my, my, my niece would do. Yeah. Just because, she... I don't know why, that's what kept me going. But, um, yeah, to hear that. Uh, they maybe they'd have been happier if you let them go wherever they wanted, yeah. Chris. Just a thought. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's probably true. The amount of times they said, "I'd like to leave," and I would go, "No." You're like me, a benevolent dictator. Was, yes. I, I, I wouldn't let anyone, any one of them leave. None of them left. The reason being because I said, "I can't leave." You'll neither can you. <laughs> you'll never leave. Um, I used to take it on a case by case basis. Uh, I would let people leave if if i was uh sick of their crap you know but um 
Any uh, Ryan, any any hooks and drivers that did keep you on this one? Obviously, sounds like maybe it didn't work its magic in the way that the 3DS one did. But even so, yeah, um, I'm primarily a museum person as well. Like that's my I'm a big yeah. Pokemon player for my entire life, and so collecting everything is uh, is a pretty mm-hmm. major draw for me. And actually, that is oh, one yeah. of the things that kind of broke me <laughs> when it comes to this game because there was it was last June or not last June, but the no, maybe it wasn't even June. It, w- it would have been at the end of one of the months at which one of the rare fish ends up going away. That entire week, I had spent hours and hours and hours trying to catch, like, there were two fish that were going away at the end of the month. And um, I, I just, I, I couldn't catch it. I'd spent so many hours. I got to the end of the month, the, uh, the clock kind of turned over to the next month. And I just thought, like, if I'm going to co- complete my museum, I'm going to have to wait, like, another nine months to get another chance at this thing i put so much time and effort into trying to catch these fish every time i catch the wrong fish it regales me with this dad joke and i just like it it really (laughs) took a lot of the wind out of my sails unfortunately um just missing those couple of things um and then i never really went back to finish i i of course got all the fossils and i have a very respectable collection of uh bugs and fish but you know, just not the complete collections in either case unfortunately um mm, but i do i do like a little bit of uh island decoration um but often yeah. in ways that are kind of like at odds with my own personal ocds <laughs> um i my <laughs> island doesn't have a coherent theme i just kind of like establish things that i like at the moment but they end up kind of clashing with each other so at the uh the big rock uh kind of out cove into the sea into the in the very back of the island i think most yeah, yeah. I, I have like a bunch of musical where the where red ship comes uh, not not that one that's the uh like hidden beach there's oh. like a almost like a rock am- rock amphitheater like towards the um, oh, yeah, yeah. one of the corners but i set up a bunch of musical yeah. instruments there and kind of like think oh that's where mm. people go and have like these Rock concerts pumps. they play out into the ocean um i <laughs> yeah. set up like a oh my god catching the capturing the villagers singing in the square though <laughs> does that is that never not adorable uh, and when they get a song oh. that is like a like a really fast song and they're all doing like the like all like in synchronization together <laughs> so yeah. funny um i my favorite thing is i have uh uh around my museum i've established this little plaza that i've paved and then i've put up these two tiers of waterfalls that kind of surround that entire plaza so it's kind of like this this environmental art piece um but it's really loud when you go over there like i don't think you're supposed to have that many yeah. like it doesn't like cap out at a certain volume <laughs> level like it keeps adding on to right. the the noise and so if you have too many waterfalls in one place then uh, it could be a it could be a bit of a a bit of a, a sonic chaos. Um, I have like barbed wire that leads like the pathway from the uh, from the airport into my town, which is completely at odds with everything else. But I thought it's kind of funny way to like issue people into make it like makes it feel like you're walking into prison or something like that. So none of this plays <laughs> well together. But it's like it's all stuff that I thought would be funny yeah. at the time, and I just can't remove it. Yeah. So. I don't know. I, I it's kind of fun. My, yeah, 
Mine's pretty organic. It's got a kind of um, a, a, a fun area in and around the plaza with kind of stuff for kids to do, you know, sit on and ride things and like outdoor games and stuff like that. Then there's a kind of lounging on the beach area. There's also some stuff to play with around there. There's an area that's like a gym. Um, I've put all the kind of the various things you can get from the catalog that kind of look functional, um, like the radar dish for telecoms and oh, things yeah, like yeah. that. And the bulldozer, I've stuck them all somewhere just with a, with a, to give a sense of kind of reality of existence. Um, and I've done things like bricked off around the edge of the comms tower because you wouldn't have just, you know, kids climbing on it and whatever <laughs> else, stuff like that. But in other areas, like just the entire North of my Island is, is, like up cliffs and there's you know waterfalls coming down um i just let the flowers grow just like it's so flowery it looks like the the kirkhofen um place in holland there's just but what i haven't done is i did i very deliberately didn't become regimented about gardening or anything like that because i knew it could become obsessional that's what i was going to ask you chris like with the with the zoning and and your sort of your natural urge to kind of direct and curate um did you ever get the like the sense that your island was over designed and not did it you know maybe i think i could imagine myself doing this to my island making it not feel as homely anymore bit bit inorganic no i had both i had gardens established gardens yeah i had shrines i had uh, i even had a tribute to outrun <laughs> with, with nice. all the little arches <laughs> nice. and, and i had the um I had the motor car bed sat on the bottom of it and there you go Perfect. i had that going on but, but like I said, I had bamboo land. Okay, that was the other thing. But with, yeah, yeah, with yeah. the flowers, I completely agree with you. Let them go. Let them do what they want. I didn't do the breeding of the flowers, and I mean, sometimes they get really rare ones by accident, not by design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I much preferred mm -hmm. that the wildflowers. I had yeah. an orchard as well, where all the trees, mm. all the fruit trees, all all of, all of them, different types, were in an orchard, lined up in a row. So I could easily farm yeah. them and all that stuff. I have little paths and stuff. So I had yeah. organized areas, but by, but by yeah, the next within... to them, there was this wild, you know, craziness going on. And yeah, that's what that's, nice. that, that's what I like to do. But I did like order to a point, but not not to not to the extent of you know I had to. I hate it. It's it was not completely maintenance free, but it was pretty close. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The yeah. one thing I want to say is that my wife eventually uh, fenced my house in. Uh, I could still get in and out, um, <laughs> but it was because she was theming everything out. But like my yard, it was like Pee Wee's house from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Like I just had like a giant <laughs> robot and like a rocket ship and like a spare tire. Like I just I would just put stuff out there just that I, I thought totally, was funny. That's what I would have guessed. Um, and uh, and uh, and then she she eventually she she gave me my space, but it, I was I was given pretty specific directions that that was where yeah. things this was my this was my you know nine by nine square section and that was that was that just uh, like in your yeah. real house I <laughs> yeah, <imagine>. absolutely <laughs> it's fun uh the um the, the the thing that i think really did add to this and although it's a kind of it feels like a a weird concession in a way to the in some ways utopian but in other ways dystopian existence that we find ourselves in real life now having a smartphone in this game made perfect sense um and added for me a whole heap of extra hooks and drivers quite deliberately so just again with the haptics and the buzzing and the audio and the you've done three things like this and i'm not normally one that's massively susceptible to this stuff like i don't get sucked into those mobile games that make you come back after 
you know, a certain amount of time because something's built or anything like that. But in this, again, it, it felt like it didn't feel predatory because I bought the game and now I was existing within its rules. And of course, I wanted to get those Nook miles so I could get that Nook token, so I could get those bells, so I could buy that hat or <laughs> pair of trousers or whatever. It all made perfect sense to me. Um, yeah, and I think I, I understand that I've heard a lot of um, and seen a lot of criticisms online about the sort of relative lack of quality of life compared to other games of similar genres that are created by other developers. Um, you know, Nintendo, Nintendo seems to have a sort of a level of stubbornness about what it allows the player to do. Like, I think one of the most common things I saw was why haven't the tools got a, a degradation bar on them? Like, you had it in Breath of the Wild when nobody wanted it, and mm-hmm. <laughs> not true. And now you haven't got it in. But the whole point is that I think actually part of the... I don't actually... I'm not necessarily certain that the tools even have a finite, specific, uh, dictated yeah, lifespan. I, I think I think they possibly pop when the game decides that it's okay for them to do so. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's a certain amount of uses. I could never quite peg it. I thought that like I'd all, yeah. it would always be like I've only got a couple more swings of this axe, and then and then I'd you know chop down three more trees or something, and then it would finally yeah. do it. I I could never quite. I think there's some jiggery pokery going on behind the scenes, uh, rather than it being a uh, yeah. I don't think there could be a degradation bar because I don't think the system as it is supports that. If they if they change the, the entire system. Then, then maybe, and maybe I'm sure they're thinking about that stuff for for future Animal Crossings. But um... uh, tool degradation for me personally doesn't do anything for me to improve the game. Like it, it, it's kind of a, I I don't mind the concept of it. Like I think it, it gives a nice kind of physicality and uh, like a realness to the to the items that mm. you carry with you. And so they're not just like a one-time purchase and then you never have to think about it again. Like yeah. you do have to kind of consider the the way that you're using these items. And like that that's kind of neat in and of itself. But I, I find that engaging with the crafting system is just kind of annoying enough to where, you know, if you want to engage with the crafting, then you have to do it at a crafting table. And so you either have to have one handy or you have to like, travel to one or it's taking up an inventory spot that you you know can drop on the ground wherever you need it to be and then you can't craft from from your in from your uh like storage and so you have have to have have the stuff in your pocket which is just like another with such a limited pocket space to begin with like if you're out there and you want to chop down a forest or something like that maybe it should be Maybe there should be some friction involved in that, but like it's kind of annoying that like as you're going around and gathering resources and stuff, like you have to dedicate additional pocket space to the backup materials that you need to craft additional mm-hmm. tools. And it's like it doesn't really feel like it feels like the reason why tool degradation was added was to make people engage with the crafting system on a regular regular enough interval to where they won't forget that it exists so that the points at which it actually like contributes positively to the gameplay like being able to craft furniture and more kind of creative items like that like they don't seem like they come so out of nowhere like you want this system to kind of like pervade more or or to touch more of the gameplay 
mechanics so that it feels kind of well integrated rather than just kind of curtained off in one area. But yeah, for me, this one, it was more of an annoyance than anything else. You'd have to, I ended up just having like a bunch of fishing rods that I would keep in my pocket. But even so, I'd have to make <laughs> additional, you know, Tom Nook runs whenever my pockets would fill up because I now only have like 16 spots instead of 23 or whatever it was. So I don't know. Yeah. You can, you can, you can improve. They added inventory or storage space with updates and and stuff you can buy but yeah your actual carrying inventory mm-hmm. i think gets bigger as you as you progress if i recall correctly i, think you buy I can't remember because i've nook miles I've points had, from the, yeah, from the ATM there yeah. yeah i've had it had it maxed out for a while the one thing i want to add about crafting um and i do share what ryan said i love getting the diy recipes going and building furnitures Finding out that I needed like how however many gold nuggets I needed to make this ridiculous sculpture or something like I I liked that a lot. Um, gave me a lot more yeah. ownership rather than just hey I you know there was a new thing in the shop today like oh no I've got a yeah. goal I'm gonna build this ridiculous rocket ship yeah. this is what I need and and go do that I love that part. Um, yeah, but for someone Even, like yeah. me it's like the fisher fishing part is that one of the things I was always doing is I was digging up those clams so I could make bait. For fish, if I was looking for a particular type of fish. And the one thing... Yeah, sea fishing yeah. fish. And the oh. one thing that I... Uh, it just To me, it's a, just like a cardinal sin for crafting mechanics is that you can't craft more of one item at a time. And that yeah. made... So uh, I would yeah. go back with these... these I'd oh. have 11 clams, uh. and I'd have to... Rather than just make 11 baits, I'd have to do that little animation yeah. every time. And that was probably... At first, it just kind of eventually just kind of absorbed that as like, well, this is what's making me do. Hey, remember that thing you said 20 minutes ago about how Animal Crossing is about taking your time? Just take your time. Um, Yeah. But it feels deliberate. uh, Yeah, it it just absolutely uh, feels deliberate. You could speed it up, couldn't you? You could just bash the button and speed speed the the, uh, animation up. But uh, But you still have to go through it. Yeah. Like getting Nook Mile uh, Bell vouchers from the Nook Miles machine. Like you have to just one at a time, one at a time. Sound effects great, but yeah, I've heard that so many times. Yeah, but it, again, it just feels so deliberate. And I mean, I guess like talking about the tool degradation, I think part of that is it wants you not only to invest in the way that Ryan said, but also it wants you to look into getting the the unbreakable mm-hmm. tools, which is following a path of of crafting, isn't it? To to its ultimate degree, where you have gold everything and nothing ever breaks. That's like part of your. Yeah. Like if you if you watch an Animal Crossing New Horizons video from a serious player now, they everything they've got is like top of the range, so they don't even have to think about right. that stuff anymore. Alex seventy nine from our forum says Animal Crossing was my lockdown game. Animal Crossing was everyone's lockdown game. The nature of my work meant that I was still actually able to leave the house most days, but if anything, that just made it hit home even more just how weird things were at the time. Every evening, I'd retire to my sofa and play Animal Crossing while watching old WrestleManias on the TV. It became my thing. The game was a perfect way to escape, and the gentle nature of the gameplay and the characters that inhabited that world was just an incredible antidote to the mayhem happening around the real world. It's not the first Animal Crossing game I've played, but it's the first one I've really got into. And every little milestone in the game, each time something new unlocked or a new villager came to stay, it was those things that kept me coming back night after night. I spent hours with the terrain editor building a really cool dinosaur island with fossils, flowers and walkways. I only stopped playing because my children eventually wanted to play the game and totally decimated my island. 
Honestly, I felt really disappointed logging on and seeing my creation destroyed, rubbish everywhere and random objects all over the place. But I got what I needed out of it at the time. And for that, it will always be a little bit special. Oh, and I've not even mentioned the amount of time I spent in the art editor making T-shirts for my characters to wear and the brilliant website I found that converted and imported custom art, meaning I could hang Nick Cave and Faith No More album covers on the walls of my pretend house or my The Shining themed bedroom complete with life-size Here's Johnny six-piece wall art. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, there's that. if you're into the kind of, yeah, the digital creation side, there is so much you can do every time... I visit my niece or vice versa in the game. She's wearing a new costume that she's downloaded or she's, you know, uh, yeah, got via some internet method. So last time I saw her, she was Wednesday Adams, of course. <laughs> my uh, my flag, yeah. I made uh, just, I just recreated the Mega Man X sprite. So it's just Mega Man X in his little position firing off a blaster. Right. That's my town flag. I have a cane and rinse one, which, um, which was made by somebody. <laughs> uh, suits, I think. Yeah. I did make uh, a um, tribute to the ZX Spectrum. Had to, of course. I had a hat. <laughs> I made this hat with the J key because that's the load key. Or bizarrely. Oh, okay. I thought it'd be the little rainbow. No, well, that was on it too. But the actual main face okay. thing was the J load key. Sure. I thought, no, that's that's the most popular key on that computer. And yeah, people liked it. Like, yeah. We need to talk about villagers um, because that's a big part of the game for all the playing on your on your on your Todd and with your real life uh friends or randoms um the villagers that make up the community are a, a much discussed part of the experience um and i think probably the thing that i've heard the most is and i did notice this myself before it became a hot button topic is that the number of personality types has been reduced compared to previous versions and essentially what nintendo seems to have done in and obviously commercially it's worked for them quite well but on an artistic level it feels like with each version of animal crossing they've just smoothed off some of the weirdnesses and things about the previous game that were a little bit potentially yeah frictional for some people such as the fact that some villagers would be cranky um or a bit annoying in some way and now everyone's kind of nice and everyone's friendly and everyone forgives you everything you do and there's no pitfall traps and so it the, the idea is that it's kind of more utopian i assume and therefore people are more likely to stick around but actually this is the one area where i think for me, it's a backward step because I liked the idea that it could be a bit more kind of interesting, a bit more soap opera and a bit less uh, Stepford Wives. I agree with that. Yeah, I have my favourites, but um, I think, yeah, they, they yeah. were, some of them were, rather than cranky, they just had these quirks about them. Um, well, yeah. Some of them were quite bland, like I had a lot of fitness fanatics. Don't know why. But there was three of them. That's because they're really, really common. Yeah, maybe that. Yeah. Yeah, But um, I also had one. I had the most memorable one, if I may share, is is, is Sherb. Now, Sherb. Yeah, Sherb. um, He's very popular, apparently. I looked it up, and yeah, he's number 12 in ranking. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, he thought he could speak to insects, or insect would speak to him. 
and his home was dirt on the floor. He would never put any carpet down because he's he was yeah. afraid of harming the insects underneath. And he would tell you, please don't walk too 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 roughly within his home because the bugs and it's like and as disturbing, I think, in a good way. <laughs> but he was an interesting fellow. But personally, my favourite was Dom. Because he was the first person who moved in. And uh, we had a bond. He was a fitness nut. It doesn't matter, though. We had a bond. <laughs> he, was, he was a good fella. I, I, and he's quite popular as well. He's 37. But I had lots of other people who weren't so popular. Willow. And I think the least popular was Elise. She's, a, she's the only monkey, apparently, that's a snooty one. And she was. She was... Very hard to please. And when once during yeah. her birthday, I actually gave her something. She said, well, that's nice for you. Wow. <laughs> wow. And actually, yeah, I'm probably, I'm possibly being inaccurate and unfair because I'm not sure there are like literally fewer character types, but I think it's more about the way in which they're scripted perhaps in that the crankiness, the cranky ones and the snooty ones are less cranky and snooty than they could be in previous incarnations, or at least that's the feeling I got. Ryan, you said you had a similar... Yeah, you know, I think about even like similar. children's cartoons and stuff like the cranky characters are the ones that end up being the most endearing anyways. Like you kind of like the the mm. old man who like yells at everybody, but he really is like a nice mm. guy when you get down to it. Like, you know, that kind of thing. I think it having a little bit of like a little bit more variety because that is the thing with this new animal crossing that i i feel like it's really hard for me to disentangle how much of my experience with the previous animal crossing games was me being younger you know being a child in the first case and really you know projecting as children do onto toys and stuff like that and giving them all you know amplifying their personalities more than the the writing actually supported but uh or how much was actually changed from game mm. to game but I, I get the sense in this game that like I don't really have like I don't really look forward to getting anyone's opinion on anything in particular. Like I could talk to anybody and they'll all kind of generally reflect upon current happenings in a pretty similar way. Um I have, you know, mm. my favorite villager is uh Mitzi the cat, who I think has been missing from the series for I think ever since the GameCube game. But she was like my my, okay. you know, one of my first friends from the GameCube game. And so it's just nice seeing like a familiar face again after all this time. But there's nothing that, you know, she does or that anyone really, anyone else really does that sets them apart too much other than obviously their aesthetic. You know, there's, I think there's some, uh, some animals that have been introduced later in the series that have very striking uh, appearances that are just kind of fun to see walking around because, I, I like Lucky the dog, the one who's all kind of wrapped up in bandages because, you know, there's some inherent storytelling in a dog that is yeah so badly. Yeah. <laughs> you, you imagine he must get into all kinds of trouble. <clears throat> um, but, uh, and then also yeah. like the, the interiors of their home. Some of them are pretty rote and functional and some of them are really kind of lavish and over the top and, and could be fun to, to explore. But, um, yeah, I kind of wish that, you know, even something like The Sims, where you can't actually hear what they're talking about, like The Sims have so much personality and you can just by observing like the their behaviors and the choices that they make, like you can learn and infer so much about them. And they have such rich interior lives. I don't know how much of that is smoke and mirrors and how much of that is actually 
clever game design yeah. because that's the point of that game. But um, but it just even like comparing Animal Crossing to The Sims, which is its closest contemporary, um, it just it, it, this feels like a major area in which like. It just, I mean, it obviously isn't like a point of focus, but it's uh, it's just kind of disappointing seeing what it could potentially be. Yeah, I think um, obviously there was Tomodachi Life, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Uh, and which I didn't really play. I've seen uh, a younger person playing it, and I thought maybe it looked like there was a bit more going on in terms of actual social simulation in that mm-hmm. one. Uh, whereas, as I say, it feels like. As I say, I think it might be the scripting as much as anything where they've just smoothed off any potential rough edges that might make people feel in any way bad, which so like, for example, if you did fail to speak to somebody in in earlier versions for a long time, they would might actually bear a grudge. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas now they're just like, oh, hi, where have you been? Or I was worried about you. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's fine. Like, it's all fine. Nothing nothing meant anything. It didn't matter that you didn't speak to them. I know it's, it sounds like a little thing, but it I think it does change the, the feeling. I think it means more, too, if you've played a lot of these games, because, like, these games were built a long time ago on you were always running errands for villagers, bringing things to other villagers. You could ask them right. every time you interact with them, what do you need done? And they would, you know, generate some sort of menial task for you. Mm. Now, this game does that in a lot of different ways. Um, but it, it led me to just kind of not interact with them nearly as much as I had in the past. You know, just walk by, hey, what's up? And then that's kind of it. Um, I did like what both um, uh, what uh, Chris was describing about their the interior design of their house matching their personalities. I, that that yeah. that's only gotten better over time. It's always interesting that like mm. when they go from the tent to the house to be like, what's going to be in this one is is always a fun little thing. <laughs> um, but in general, they were they were a real afterthought in a way that that even surprised me someone who doesn't that's not the reason i'm playing the game but for even more this time i felt myself just kind of growing apart from them being a part uh you know a regular interaction for me on the island on the plus side nana the monkey i just find very adorable which is a pink monkey um possibly just normal personality type but for whatever reason maybe it's partly the look makes me feel affectionate and um i mean i do actually have a raymond plushie that was bought for me. Um, so Ray- Raymond is the cat with heterochromia yeah. uh, who is into gadgets and has an office. Um, and yeah, he seems to be one of the most popular villagers out there. Um, but obviously, yeah, there are various tier rankings out there. And obviously your mileage may vary depending on what kind of person you like. But let's talk about Rodney. Um, Rodney the hamster, uh, who is smug. Uh, a male smug hamster who is the 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 game's most hated villager <laughs> according to reddits and various articles um he's a little blue hamster with a well obviously his clothes can change but um with a shirt or a top on and um yeah uh, is it cyberbullying i don't know <laughs> i marveled at this when i was reading about this like I never encountered them because it wasn't on my island. Like no. I said, I never let anyone Same. leave. So <laughs> the 10 I got was the 10 I had for the entire years I was playing it. But, you know, poor fella. What was wrong with him? It, didn't, yeah. it, just, it just triggered people. And it looked like people just wanted a target, but they couldn't think of one. So just <laughs> maybe pick on him because he's got weird sweaters. That was it. I feel bad for him. 
Yeah, I just I was surprised people had mustered these like any amount of that type of feeling towards any of these characters, you know, what I mean? outside from just aesthetic looking like it just none of them seem to be w- worth getting all hot and bothered about, in my opinion. What in the <laughs> past you would have vill- I remember having villagers in pe- previous centuries that I f- f- had grudges against that I would yeah. that would take take steps to actively try to make their their <laughs> non existent lives harder, you know. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah. Buck is a thief. Yeah. <laughs> I think that there's elements of this game that feel like they are um kind of sculpted around the uh Twitch experience. Um mm. you know, I think that so much of this game, I don't know if this was intentional or just like something that they just stumbled into, but like so many of my memories around this game are like watching other people play it on Twitch. And because the game is so like, like you say, kind of like sanded off and so kind of like single note in its writing and like it's a little bit more narrow than the previous Animal Crossing games were, but that mm. gives the uh, the streamers or the performers a little bit more range to play with so i don't know if it was oh, yeah. an intentional but mm. like i think there's something inherently funny about seeing a streamer just choose that they don't like one of the villagers yeah and sure and you know that there's nothing that the villager did because they're not yeah that different it's ultimately <laughs> a pylon isn't it a knowing a knowing pylon but it, it does turn it into a kind of like a fun like like a like a television yeah. program like they they get to be the star of the show yeah. rather than the game being the star of the show and they are mm. a small piece of it like it really mm. is their show and not the game's show anymore um busker lily from the forum says ever since the gamecube original first showed up in magazines i've had an obsession with animal crossing that i can't even explain i imported that one and played with a freeloader i played a decent amount of on the ds and an obscene amount on the 3ds When New Horizons was finally announced for Switch, I was wildly excited. The Switch was a console which everyone I knew owned, and I couldn't wait to have a new AC experience with a big social element. I played a decent amount and still dip in monthly or so, but because I live in Japan, I never had the mad 2020 experience a lot of people reported. On top of that, the game was slightly disappointing to me. The degree of player customization and quality of life has stripped the game of an unruliness that made it feel truly alive. My villagers all like me no matter what I do. They never come or go without my permission and they reiterate the same phrases across a pretty basic set of personalities. The YouTuber Tama did a good video essay on the way the villagers have gone from feeling alive on the GameCube to steadily transforming into dolls by the time we get to the Switch. It reminds me of a Twilight Zone episode like The Chaser in which the young man makes the woman his his at the cost of her individuality and personality the villagers will do as they are told and dress how they are told but at this point i may as well play with sylvanian families i like that uh and interestingly uh another post came after with uh without having read that previous one that also references the same uh vintage tv show ian ian ianson says an amazingly well-made game no doubt but they definitely ramped up the busy work since the original and wild world the last ones i played while seemingly removing a lot of dialogue options from the previous game or at least it feels that way also there's a something something a little bit soulless about how it just lets you remake the town and adorn it with tat so freely it almost makes the game into a dollhouse simulator 
and you can sometimes come across like the evil little kid in the Twilight Zone movie whose family bends to his will at every turn. The original games I played had a definite vibe of you being part of a quirky, believably inflexible virtual community, rather than just being a slightly bored god king. And Tolkien taters, this is back to sort of design, not of the uh, the fluffy animals, but uh, but the humans that we create. Tolkien Tater says, I've always been a little put off by this game for a weird reason that I haven't seen expressed by anyone else. Every human villager I've seen just looked weirdly creepy. I like the look of the animal villagers, but the human villagers just look unsettling. Rager says, uh, not much to say other than I absolutely adore Rodney and was shocked to find out how about the hate he receives online. I love the little guy. There you go. Uh, multiplayer talk. Uh, Mary Bisbo from our Patreon says, I jumped on the COVID Animal Crossing train along with millions of others and played throughout March and April of 2020. New Horizons was my first foray into the franchise and overall I really enjoyed it, especially in a time when no one else could see each other. It was a great place to socialise with people if you were lucky enough to have friends who also played it. It was exactly what I needed at the time, but I have to say I haven't been back since. I don't like I don't feel like the 50 pounds was wasted, though. It brought me enough enjoyment at the time, and I can now consider that chapter closed. The only frustration I had was that you could only have one island per copy of the game and sharing an island is not necessarily the best experience. Yep. Yeah, yeah my my niece and, and aunt did share an island until eventually uh they fell out and and, <laughs> um, and my uh, um her, not my aunt her mum um bought uh, a, a switch light <laughs> so she had another copy of the game well, so james, nintendo won there did james farley did they okay. yeah uh the ga- the game the game uh, the nintendo and the game won to the tune of uh, 300 quid or whatever yeah <laughs> yeah my uh, my wife found out she knew this was going to happen happens every animal crossing um that i will be the primary player for the first couple months and then that's something mm. you know shiny will float by and then and then i'll be on to something else primarily so she would just got comfortable going in under my account and just doing what she needed to do and then coming back in as her but uh it d- certainly isn't the best for that for sure I actually think sharing the island is a really nice concept, but I also think that, yeah, it should be optional uh, mm-hmm. rather than mandatory. Or just change who the mayor can be or the owner, or the or depending on the entry, you know, just being able to be right. like, oh, we want to switch from this person to this person. and uh, But there there is no real option for that. Mm. Yeah, Psycho Hype concurs, says, I feel like it needs to be said that the way Nintendo treats its customers with this series is incredibly stingy. There really should be no reason, as far as I'm concerned, to limit a customer to one Animal Crossing town per Nintendo Switch. It's a very anti-consumer move and it negatively impacts families or couples when there are multiple people in the household with a shared interest in the game. It feels unfair to have only one person allowed to enjoy the full experience with everyone else relegated to feeling like a second-class citizen. Firm but fair words. Yeah, if it had different save files for so each person could have their own island, I'd yeah. get it. But I also understand probably, I mean, I don't fully understand, but I can un- I can at least see through a little bit of it to see where that would be complicating. Um, it just feels like, and we're going to get to this with the online stuff too, it, it just feels like Nintendo is always on like 
somehow both on the cutting edge and behind the times. They they ride this really interesting line, <laughs> yeah. and when they where they do feel behind the times, it is with how any type of multiplayer works, whether online or local. Um, and this is just another example of where, as uh, Psychohype said, that like my wife who would go and she she would just want to do one thing, and she'd have to stop, sign out, log back in, and me, you know, just like just a, an unnecessary hoop. Yeah, I don't have loads to say on the online other than I have, uh, I'll always have really fond memories of sharing the experience with my niece and uh, and also some friends, some, you know, old gamer friends from the wider Cane and Rinse and other communities where, you know, we arranged to open our gates and let people in. And there's always a, you know, the nature of the game does encourage people to be generous and kind. It's hard to troll people. Uh which I guess is an element where I sort of do like the fact that the game has any potential rough edges smoothed off because it's nice to have an online space where where it's basically a positive, friendly thing um, involving gifts and sharing rather than, <laughs> than trolling and racism and misogyny and goodness knows what else. Um, but yeah, I, it will always be memories for me of um, really my niece coming up with uh, activities to do because she's a child, um, now a teenager, but when this came out, she was still a sub sub a teenager. And she would just say, you know, do you want to come to my island or shall I come to yours? And then we'd choose. We'd normally do some, some on both islands. And I would always get lost on hers because it was all different and felt weird, which is sort of an interesting part of the scenario anyway. But then she would always come up with games to play, like um, just hide and seek in the museum, stuff like that. Like... Um, you know, running away and counting to 20 and then having to having to find the other person, just popping out, wearing a funny outfit. Um, she was always desperate to visit my uh, Mabel, Abel sister's store and um, see what outfits and uh, things were on sale there for her to try on and buy. And I remember, you know, like I always ended up with I had more money than her, um, I guess, because I'm a grown up and uh you know, just saying, oh, I, you know, I can't afford this outfit. And then me just dumping bags of bells on the ground and saying, you know, go and get it kind of thing. Yeah, just stuff like that. Just really simple stuff. And yes, at a time when uh, we weren't, you know, allowed to be in the same physical space. I, I must confess my online multiplayer experience was, looking back on it and really thinking hard, utterly mercenary. Um, yeah. Because I would say, Okay, have you got any apples in your island? Yeah, could, could I just go and get them? <laughs> all right. So that's how I got all the fruit. That's how I made loads of money with the turnips because I would sell them off to someone else who was actually buying them. Uh, but that's really the limits of my... I mean, don't get me wrong. I would do the courteous thing. I would drop off 10% of the earnings, for example, on <laughs> the, for, for the turnips. I would um, bring something from my island to theirs so there'd be an exchange of fruits for example, um, in the early days. Uh, but generally speaking, it was an exchange. It was a trade. That was my principle. Yeah. We, I, there were very, very few times that I ever went to someone else's island just to hang out. It was very play. rare. Just yeah. play. It was really... Listen to music. Yeah, or listen to music or just <laughs> chill. No, it was me like, yeah. what, what have you got? Have you got this? Okay, great. I'll be here for like five minutes. Tops. Then I'm gone. But it's sort of interesting yeah. to me that the game supports both those or more than more than both yeah. of those ideas. Like it, it's it be, talking about, you know, meta 
uh, Zuckerberg's lot, you know, trying to create the metaverse. And basically, you know, video games have been doing it better for decades. Though you do have to come in with your own voice chat solution. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, probably based on what you referenced a few minutes ago, Leon, probably in the best interest for Animal Crossing players is not having open voice chat because <laughs> yeah. that could be a disaster. And um, Yeah, but there's not enough yeah. to yes. do on the islands if you're not like chatting with your friends. And so I can't imagine going to somebody's island and not having Discord open or something like that because it's, then true. it would just be like, it'll just be like walking there around. There's a chat you know? system that you can use that's basically serviceable. Okay. The, um, the ones that I, I would look up island codes on Twitter and at the time of launch and somebody would be like, hey, I've got bamboo. Here's my code. You know, first four people to get here or whatever and, and try to sneak in on those. That was basically my only experience. The only thing I do remember is when I invited a couple of friends to come to my island for that exact reason, a mercenary trip, as you would say, Chris, um, <laughs> that it was very specific about the conditions of like them coming. Like you couldn't be inside. You couldn't have your inventory open. It was very hmm. specific. So uh, inadvertently, wow. somebody would be trying to leave the island, but somebody else was checking their pockets. They wouldn't be able to leave, <laughs> you know, just stuff like that. But um, <laughs> just minor, minor things like that. Yeah, it's got and it's it's got some sort of typically Nintendo kind of oddness about it the fact that you have to go and have a lengthy conversation with a bird at an airport to allow people to come oh, that, in the first that place ride that load oh it took a while the, the load takes a while it took yeah. a while um and if your internet isn't if one of your internets isn't up to snuff it can be quite uh laggy skippy and all that kind of thing but um but overall yeah, yeah i think it's uh yeah it's it, it, i think yes i think ryan's right in that i think it's uh, probably a, a stronger and more robust experience with um, with people you know and some voice chat activated. Yeah. But I think I think you can play it. I think I think you know there's there's a certain amount you can do with others and um, and yeah there are symbols and and a, and a text type thing you can use, which is uh, I believe extremely heavily uh, you know uh, sensitive to censoring in that. It will just blank anything out that it even deems remotely inappropriate. Jane uh, from our forum says the online functionality re really brought the game into its own. Being able to swap items with strangers in Facebook groups or to play with friends you couldn't see due to the pandemic was really magical. I even made friends with a guy in the US via a Twitter thread and we're still friends now. Hopefully it's not a catfishing situation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you never know. Okay. I mean, there might have been a catfishing at some point in there, but yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's good catfishing. Go <laughs> for a lot. So yeah, the the updates uh, came thick and fast. Now, I I think quite a lot of this stuff was um, effectively timed release, wasn't it? I think you know, data mining suggested that a lot of these features were always going to be added, as it were. Um, whether it was released before they were fully fledged out and finished or whether they'd always decided that they would slow drip things to keep engagement, I don't know. Um, but in a way, to me, it doesn't matter. Like, I was, it was the first version where this was really the case. Um, I mean, they could have done it on the 3DS version, but they didn't really, did they? They added some, they added some things. Um, but, they even added amiibo functionality very late on as, as i recall with the uh with the 3ds one but 
With this one, we got uh, they added the island backup restoration service, which I guess was something that was just cried out for, basically to stop people. I think there had been some cases of people actually losing their progress, their island altogether. So they basically added a cloud save feature. Is that right? Does that sound familiar? Yeah, there's yeah, they no backup did originally. Add, yeah. So if your switch got stolen or you had to replace your hardware because it broke or something like that, then you'd have to start all over. That's it. Yeah. Uh, they were, uh, uh, yeah, new quality of life features added like uh, Nook phone camera apps. Um, fireworks shows were added as we went along. Um, what else was there? Uh, Turkey Day and Toy Day were added later, but I mean, they were clearly always coming because yeah, it's Thanksgiving and Christmas and they've always been in, I think, I think they've both always been in Animal Crossing. Certainly Toy Day has maybe, maybe Turkey Day. I'm not sure. More recent yeah, I don't edition. think Turkey Day was. Toy Day was definitely there before. I, I, I'm struggling to remember yeah. now because uh, I guess it really depends on when the game was released for me because I'm always, you know, I always get at least the first four or five events for sure and then, you know, might miss one or two in between. So yeah, I think on the GameCube, Tortimer had some sort of an autumnal town well festival or something like that. But I don't remember the details. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Founders Day or something. Um they added support for the Amiibo cards, which was nice. I think that was, again, something that was requested. They enhanced the design editor to Pro Editor Plus, uh, allowing for more slots and patterns. Uh, they updated the Bunny Day one so, <laughs> so that the uh, the eggs were slightly less prolific. Uh, May Day International, Museum Day, Wedding Season uh, events uh there's so many features to this game some of which i've barely engaged with myself like the the dreamscape stuff where you go to sleep and visit somebody else's yeah, land in a dream yeah. once i think but I mean, same yeah, yeah. Like, what is this I didn't really get it no didn't, didn't yeah it. i think was the idea that you you were inspired by other people's ideas yeah, like yeah so basically. i think yeah, that feature made that, more I, sense on 3ds where you would it kind of integrated mm. with Street Pass, and so you can kind of see like that was your limited online uh, interaction with yeah. people versus this game where you can visit other islands right. anyways. It feels a little bit less like necessary. Uh, version two arrived November 2021, which added uh, Brewster and Captain and Gyroids and Harv's Island could be upgraded. Uh, and cooking was added, and group stretching sessions were added. <laughs> uh, all kinds of cool stuff that was like the big one 2.0 um for me that was where the game was kind of finished um they they've since been back and added a few more bits and bobs and continued to bug fix i think the most recent update was uh november 2022 it was just a several issues have been addressed that's probably it now um but yeah it was like two and a half years of pretty solid support which was all free other than the dlc and that dlc i think is part of the nintendo switch online plus right it so is. yeah so if you're yeah. already invested in that ecosystem you might you know struggle to say it's free in air quotes because you certainly are paying yeah. for it but um but yeah mm. it's, it's included i think this just goes to show like all the updates that you listed and obviously a lot of those were planned as seasonal events but um yeah it almost felt at first like you were getting that kind of panic feeling of like way more people are playing this than we thought. 
Like mm-hmm. we need to yeah. kind of make sure this this comes along at a kind of a quick rate because you could you could feel it already at that first bunny day event that people are like, wait, what? This is all we do? It's like, well, yeah, it's Animal Crossing, <laughs> so yes, but like, but if you have a huge new audience, like it's it it, it probably is. is is both as overwhelming as it is exciting, but again, I'm just that's conjecture. I hate to be the the routinely negative one on the show, but I, I kind of like throughout the entire lifespan, I found the updates to be a little bit underwhelming, and I think it was probably maybe I just had like misplaced expectations. I think uh, having the uh, the um, Tom Nook store kind of max out at one upgrade i always kind of thought like oh well then yeah they're going to be adding you know the the better nook stores and stuff that's kind of along yes, that yeah. that that vein um that could really kind of like enhance the uh quality of life on the island and when all of the updates were these kind of like seasonal things that didn't seem that interesting to me personally like i don't know taking wedding photos and stuff like that. Like it just wasn't really stuff that I was, and, and they seemed to be like on a fairly slow schedule. There was a lot of uh, what I would consider kind of like open quality of life uh, improvements <laughs> that could have been made at, at several steps. And it seemed like every, um, every like real upgrade to the, the actual interaction with the game felt really slow and really labored and it made me kind of look at it and say like this is like the game that sold more copies than the bible like how are they still having so much trouble kind of addressing what you know a part of the community thought were like pretty fundamental like quality of life features that should have improved the experience i understand it might have just been a different vision for the type of game so you know i'm not going to like impose it as like these are bugs that need mm. to be fixed, but it it just felt like no. the the rate at which things were happening were not reflective of the success that the game was seeing. Um, ultimately, like the 2.0, I think went a long way to adding new features. I think there's still a lot of quality of life stuff <laughs> that the game could stand to improve on, but um, I am uh, I am pretty happy with the. Uh, yeah, it's nice to see Brewster around again. Uh, I think the Happy Home Designer DLC, I think, is a lot of fun. Like that kind of reconnects me with uh, with some of my favorite uh, exercises and opportunities from like The Sims 3. Like I loved in The Sims 3 going into other people's homes and kind of customizing based on their demands and whether I do it, you know, exceptionally well with a lot of care or in an intentionally trolling manner. Uh, the game allows you to do both and so getting getting whiffs of that uh either you know, being able to freely exercise your creative muscles or be a total troll and um that that's really fun to to finally kind of bring that into animal crossing as well i didn't play the 3ds happy home designer game but the uh the dlc pack mm-hmm. i i found uh to be a lot of fun and it's something i probably will continue to spend some time with yeah i i didn't really get it wasn't really for me, I don't think. I have it via the Nintendo online subscription and I've had a, a few looks at it, but for whatever reason, it, it hasn't grabbed me. I never played the, the, the original piece of software that it's based off. Um, but it reviewed pretty well, like 80%, I think, on Open OpenCritic. Um, it was, a, I think, a solid addition, according to most, just 
not my bag is not what I was looking for from Animal Crossing. I, I think my predominant memory was when it first came out, there was somebody on Twitter who I don't remember who uh, posted a video of a home that they designed, uh, one of the vacation homes they designed for one of the villagers. And it was just like wall to wall, like it, it was very pleasantly arranged, but it was all like toilets and urinals and stuff like that. And when yeah, you complete yeah. a home, they do this, this very like beautiful, that. like pan through and this, <laughs> this, you know, HGTV, like realtor lighting and everything. It's, and they make it look like really pristine <laughs> and really beautiful. But, uh, just the fact that it was all toilets, like it is, it's just funny to like unleash that upon an unwitting, uh, mm. vacationing customer. Does have an extremely cute monkey in it. Uh, yeah, and, and I think a manatee mm -hmm. type of character yeah, as well. Yeah, uh, great. I, I did, I did like it to a point, but it was um, it came to a point for me when I was about to leave the game. So it's like, it's, it's, but I did enjoy it when I did, and I liked listening to the customers and doing things for them, and that was a nice feedback loop. Mm. But again, it fed back to my need to make sure everyone was happy. But uh, yeah, and also I just want to re reiterate what Ryan was saying about. The infrequency over which these updates occurred, I understood the original mm. uh, previous games. They had a gradual, granular little updates that these things would appear over time. Whereas this was like these massive splurges of, you know, like you know when Brewster suddenly appeared and then we got ASMR in the game. Oh great, he's making his coffee and this. I loved the by the way, but uh, it was it was that, that's the, it's a nothing feature, but I love it. Like it doesn't do no, anything, does it? No, like. No. It's it's just it's just a nice piece of animation and some little bits of script. It is, and uh, but but just I just really wanted it to be more granular than it was. It was just um, just this little bit, uh, which I understand. Mm. Whereas this was, and then silence and little bit, and then a massive dump again, and then they stopped. And uh, mm. it's, I was surprised by that. I I got the impression or memories that there were updates more gradual than than. They became. Oh well. I, I yeah, I'm I'm sort of I uh, I find myself at odds with the you know the 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 consensus when it comes to updates a lot. I because for me it was like it made it all made sense and it was all good. Like there was I I'm I I totally accept that there are QOL improvements that could still be made to the core Animal Crossing experience, but I wasn't necessarily expecting to see them sort of slowly drip fed into the game via updates. I think that's sort of, I mean, it would be nice and there are probably some tweaks they could have done, but I think it was unrealistic. I think uh, once a game's out there, I think to kind of sort of totally rebuild its structure. And as I say, I think a lot of the stuff about the way Animal Crossing works, love it or hate it, is quite deliberate. I think in the way it's quite mm -hmm. restrictive and slow and things like that. Um, so I think it would... It would become something else, and maybe that maybe that would be a good thing for the next one. But uh, but I, I feel like for this one, this was the sort of the natural uh, evolution of the series up to this point. Anyway, and it speaks to the versatility of the game and the versatility of the of the play player base. You know, I mean, everybody. I mean, we we're talking four different people here who play a lot of video yeah. games who all came to this game with very different motivations and expectations, and Entirely. um, yeah. and then you add the the obviously the swell of new players into the mix, like. Uh, I'm sure some of those updates thrilled millions and disappointed others. So um, it's probably just yeah. a matter of perspective. There is also for those uh, more 
keen to be driven by goals, uh, you could join in with the community who have created this Nuzlocke mode, uh, which is where you uh, play hard mode, basically, but you have to follow the rules as set out. Um, I won't read them all out because there's quite a lot, but uh, you have to do certain things and you have to not do certain things and you must abide and stick to these rules. Otherwise, you are no longer playing the mode. Um, but I guess only short of recording every single second of your gameplay, um, you can only really judge for yourself. But uh, yeah, if you're looking to wring the last drops of life out of your three year old Animal Crossing New Horizons, that might be something to look into. James McCall from Patreon has possibly wrung every last drop out of his copy. He says, I've spent over 850 hours playing this game. I love, love, love it. There are some mangas and comic strips based on the games in Japan, as you'd expect. Um, there's also uh, a, a set of makeup inspired by the game's characters from Colourpop. If you want to look like uh, Raymond or Nana. Uh, and there was also a Build-A-Bear workshop range of plushies. That's how far we've come, folks. New Dark Cloud from our Patreon says, I think it's impossible to divorce New Horizons from the time it came out. As things started to close down and people were holding up in their homes as much as possible, this game was, at least for me and my friends, a great way to maintain some sense of normalcy as we logged in to do our little chores, decorate our islands and play the stalk market in order to make bells. I've heard many say that it's far from the best Animal Crossing game, and I trust those opinions since this was my first. I don't have a frame of reference. That said, for me and my friends, it was the only one that mattered. And finally, we have Dr. Basler, or Basler, from our forum, who says, I've never played any Animal Crossing New Horizons, but my wife Jane has, oh, just a couple of hours. So when I saw the game was coming up for the podcast, I asked if she wouldn't wanted to share her thoughts. Over to Jane. Jane says, I'm not a gamer at all, but at the start of the pandemic, my husband gave me a copy of Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'd never even heard of Animal Crossing before, so it was all new to me. But the gentle, colourful, happy world of Tom Nook and co quickly sucked me in, and I've now sunk well over 1,200 hours into this brilliant and delightful game. From choosing my islanders, I heart Ken the chicken, to constantly redesigning my village, it was a brilliant escape from the depressing world outside. When Gaston the rabbit told me he was proud of me, it nearly broke my heart. While I don't play often anymore, my ACNH island is always a warm and welcoming space to return to, and I have a great fondness for Penbury and its inhabitants. Apart from Isabel, she's a dead-behind-the-eyes robot. <laughs> Jane from Penbury. Uh, that's awesome. Isabel's great. I, I love that she is uh she's sitting there at her desk with a with a uh, glass of whiskey <laughs> sometimes. And you know, you can uh if you turn yeah, on the it's juice. Yeah. <laughs> it's got those uh those two Maybe. larger ice cubes and uh, I don't know. Uh it's during the summer yeah, months, so I'm yeah. sure it's going for an iced tea kind of look. But uh my official Sorry, head canon. Yeah. She's a functioning alcoholic. The fact that, like, if you turn on your console at, for the first time at like 7 p.m., then she'll be doing her morning announcements. And it's like my headcanon is like she's such a mess behind the scenes that she just like is rolling out of bed at that point and just like, uh, <laughs> no, I've been here. Uh. <laughs> All right. We've also got some words of just three words. Follow us on social media 
at Kingdom Rinse. JC Van Dan says total yawn fest. GTR sixty three says gets old fast. Waxfroetic says got bored fast. Tolkien Taters says unsettling human faces, which is only one letter away from a much more negative review. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Roarcord says short term obsession. Buscalilli says shallow but adorable. Tree Smurf says. Needs Doom DLC. Rapidly Graying says those damn bass. Deadbeat Punk says Nook's Tax Haven. Sean S. Thomas says perfectly timed release. Kell of Skells says Cozy Island Getaway. Chris Lacey, perfect pandemic escape. T-Bone Doog says just incredibly chill. Billy Cupid says perfect lockdown escapism. And Wayward Prophet says... A warm hug. Thank you, one and all. Let us try to summarise, beginning with the hater. <laughs> uh, Ryan, your misery. Yeah, um, I, I really love Animal Crossing as a series. Uh, this particular entry didn't quite get to the level that I hold the, you know, the GameCube original was kind of my my first try at it uh that one will always kind of have a special place in my heart but i think they really kind of kept refining and um new leaf on the 3ds is the one that i kind of like hold up as like the best of the series the best that it had to offer um i i kind of miss some of the weirdness of the earlier games you know i think in the in the gamecube original you could you could lose your face and there were you would come back to your village with just like a, a frightening arrangement of hollow holes in your skull where your face used to be which is i think too upsetting for a modern you know game of this caliber but it uh it, it did represent a certain amount of like weirdness and magic and unpredictability that the the newer games newer well this particular game doesn't really offer i think in uh new leaf even though it wasn't as weird as the gamecube original like there was one point Late at night, I was wandering around the city. I've spent hundreds of hours in New Leaf, and it only happened once that I, I saw the uh, the uh, the manhole was open, and so I, I ventured down in there, and I found um, uh, Mister Rossetti's home where he was living with his brother, and yeah, just like a little place where, like, after hundreds of hours, like, I, I only encountered that event once, and I didn't really feel like there was anything in new horizons that felt quite as special and i kind of wonder if even if the game was uh even if they did re-inject that kind of weirdness into it maybe the fact that like everything is being streamed and shared on twitter and everything now like maybe there's no way for a game to be as mysterious and special as as they used to be anyways maybe it's just not like a realistic expectation anymore because everyone is kind of showing and sharing everything and so you don't get that kind of haunted cartridge feeling anymore <laughs> of like oh did something did something break or mm -hmm. am i yeah. you know am i somewhere i'm not supposed to be right now uh but anyways um there are some kind of you know quality of life hang-ups that i have about the game um i didn't mention this during the recording but uh one of the one of the first things that I discovered upon going back to it, I, after re-downloading the software and going back to it and kind of thinking like, yeah, you know what? 
I still have a lot of affection for Animal Crossing in my heart. I'd love to boot it up and refresh myself before the show. And then like it kind of it kind of hit me again that uh upon loading up the software, I timed it. There is a full two minutes before uh from the point of loading up the software from the home screen to yeah. actually controlling your character between the a very long loading screen, the title screen, another extremely long loading screen, uh, Isabel's morning announcements, another loading screen, the character slowly exiting their door, like so many things mm. that for a game that's supposed to be kind of booted up every day, maybe I'm a member of the smartphone generation that just likes to, you know, have an app open and ready to go at all times. But like two minutes feels like a very, very long time of uh, not much happening at all. It gives you that black loading screen where you can see your own upsetting reflection uh, and you just have to sit there and <laughs> contemplate, this is the life that I'm ignoring for the sake of this virtual one. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think it, a few other areas that I feel like it didn't really live up to the ambitions of of New Leaf. I think the uh, the island tours are uh, like the randomly generated islands. Um, in New Leaf, they were kind of a nice, like, tropical getaway. They had this different theme with different bugs, and there were a bunch of different sharks and giant beetles and stuff, and, and you know, activities to do there that were really different than your own island. Whereas the islands that you can visit um, either through Cap'n's ship or through the uh, the Pelicans, whatever dropship, <laughs> um, they just kind of feel like different random arrangements of the same basic building blocks of your own island, and don't really feel worth doing unless you you know want to roll the dice to try to happen upon some bamboo or you know maybe a tarantula island or something like that. But uh, a little bit less. I don't know, a little bit less of that kind of like special feeling that I got from the previous game of a little bit less of that feeling that there are mysteries to uncover and that there are hidden things to explore and that there's always more to do, uh, which, you know, Stardew Valley in the time since has given me in spades. Like that one is jam packed full of like mysteries and weirdness and, and surprising revelations. And uh, I feel like that's probably a little bit more where my heart is at this time. Um, I think, you know, for future Animal Crossing games, like I'll definitely keep playing them. But uh, yeah, for some reason, this one just didn't didn't quite get its uh, hooks in my brain as much as the previous ones did. I still spent a ton of time with it. And I, I, I do want to spend more time with the Happy Home Designer DLC uh, to troll some of my uh, favorite villagers and give them toilet houses. But um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just it's not it's not hitting the same notes for me as the previous ones did. So that's where I sit. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Chris, what about you? I had a very bad twenty twenty. Sorry to share it with everyone, but I really did. And contrary to what Ryan wanted was apparently stress in Animal Crossing. <laughs> I didn't want that. Didn't want too many mysteries. Didn't want too many um, upheavals. I was having enough of that in my real life. So for me, I really want to thank the creators of Animal Crossing New Horizons to let me step away from what was going on in my real world and just let me relax just a little bit and do some weeding and do some gardening 
and do some fishing zoning because I was having a bad time of it and that for me was why I just played it for almost two and a half years daily mm-hmm. and uh, I stopped eventually because it had done its job it I I we got through the other side and it helped it really did I'm not gonna you know it it, it, it wasn't a habit it was something that I was needing to get through the day because the things were bad and you know i did recover and things got better but it was still this anchor point and it just got to a point when i was no longer doing anything meaningful with it at all i didn't really care what was going on i was just going through the motions i had very little to maintain other than to pick up some weeds from bamboo land every now and again because like i said that was not you know properly zoned or anything and it was tedious. <laughs> so when that point arrived, and this may shock you, maybe not, I don't know. But I deleted everything. It's gone. I don't want to go back. Because I said to myself, when I stop playing, I will stop. And it will, I just got rid of it all. Because it was just a time in my life, and it kind of reminds me of negativity, sadly. Shouldn't, but it does. It does make my... Maybe a little bit of indigestion thinking about because at the time I played it, things weren't good. Happily, things aren't like that anymore. But it got me through some really tough times. So thanks, Animal Crossing. You did your job. Yeah, that can happen where we have a game that we played at a tough time. And yeah, the association, especially it tends to be things like the music and things like that. It's like, yeah, not always things, even good things you don't always want to go back to. Uh, I've never deleted an Animal Crossing save, although I've effectively, um, you know, locked myself out of previous games by selling the memory card or, you know, whatever, selling the console that it lived on. But yeah, for me, Animal Crossing New Horizons, um, the caveats are, for this version for me are pretty small. Is is really only around the fact that, yes, there could be a bit more quality of life polish and certain facets and yes it could load a bit quicker i think there's some technical issues around the age of the switch and the capabilities the power of the switch being um limited in some ways compared to its competitors um but i find you know i grew up with games that took 20 minutes to load so two minutes still never seems that bad to me um i guess you know your your experience is different ryan's uh best part of two decades younger than me and that possibly you know your 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 experience may resonate with somebody of, of that age more um and yeah it's really for me the only thing that i like less about the game than its predecessors is the fact that it's almost trying to be too nice and too like i don't want animal crossing to be you know i don't want it to be, have doom dlc i don't want it to be mean and particularly you know like actually frightening or or just a dark place but there was something about uh, this is true of a lot of video games before they became so massive and mainstream and focus tested that games tended to have a lot more kind of quirkiness and oddness to them um because you know they were they were less financially risky and uh and less kind of less honed and polished in some ways in in yeah, less focus tested, I suppose. Um, and I think I think Animal Crossing New Horizons misses some of that, but it's still got some curious elements to it and some kind of 
things that are a little bit off kilter. But mostly, yeah, it's just uh, it's just a, a fun place to be solo or with someone you know. Um, as I've said so many times, like, yeah, I totally get this is not an experience for everyone. A lot of people just bounce hard off it. No interest in doing any of the things. But if you're like me or Brian coming up, um, who even can just get hooked on filling your museum full of fish, bugs and fossils, kind of everything else kind of expands out from there. Um, there's so many features in this game and so much customization. I'm genuinely baffled when I see people sort of saying, why hasn't it got this and that? The, literally the only thing that I could think of that they perhaps could and should have added in that respect was the extra upgrade to the Nook store. But then that's kind of cancelled out by the ability to craft and order things and get things from online anyway. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it's about as feature complete as I could possibly have. You know, once, once you take into account the final version, there were definitely some things missing at launch, but after two and a half years of updates, there's yeah not much else really that, that I think they could have added that would have been meaningful. That said, I think there is more they can do with the game and, and I look forward to the next instalment uh, whenever that will be and on what console. But, um, but yeah, I have no regrets in buying not one but two copies of this game, one for me and one for somebody else to play and share the experience with me. And um, as I say, I'll always have... Yes, what sounds like warmer and more treasured memories, albeit of, yeah, also, you know, pandemic times that was a time of weirdness and uncertainty. Um, and yeah, this did help, as Chris said. Let's finish with Brian. I can't really say much more than everybody's already said um, about it. And I honestly will say that Animal Crossing New Horizons is not my favorite Animal Crossing game. Um, but. Like I, I was thinking about the summary as the three of you were speaking, and and if anything, this what this game represents is just kind of a place in time. Just uh, it's its own little time capsule. And mm. I was thinking about it as I was playing this week, just leading up to it. I went back to my old island, and I was kind of looking around, getting a lay of the land. And then I did something that I never do before. I I deleted my island, and I started a new one. Yeah. And so as of this morning, uh, my museum just opened and uh, the, the we have an official shop now and uh, we're kind of doing the <laughs> early game things that you do in Animal Crossing. Yeah. And I'm just settling into that routine of just getting up and picking the weeds and I, don't, I, I can't even access my higher elevations yet. I'm I, I, no, it's very, very early on and I'm just grinning from ear to ear as I'm doing these things and there's no way I'm going to continue on and go through and do the whole thing again. I, I had that experience in 2020. Um, but what it makes reminds me of is like what I love about these games kind of at their core is that they're just, they're just there for you when you need them. Like when, when you need a retreat, when you need a break from the norm, whether this is the only game you play or one of several dozen you play throughout a year, this game's, you're going to go back to it. And it's going to, it's going to be animal crossing. It's going to be there and it has all of its faults and all of its successes and everything else. But I get so I probably frustrated is the right word with the constant debate we've seen to be having for over the last 20 years about video games and their place in the culture. And are they art or are they this or are they that? And I find most of those conversations to be quite dull. Um, but what I do find interesting is that you had this this game at a very vulnerable time in human history kind of like step up and become this beacon of light for so many people. And whether people like Chris, who just so eloquently described his experience, 
um, associate that and have moved on from it and is a, it's representative of them moving past a difficult time, or if people look back on it fondly as this thing that helped them get through this challenging part of their life, or if it was just that necessary escape you needed when you came home from the end of what was a very uncertain and most likely scary day. Um, I remember being in the hospital um, with a mask on, waiting for my daughter to be born during COVID. She was born in in June of 2020. And up until two weeks before she was born, I wasn't even sure if I was going to be in the delivery room for it or not. And all of this anxiety and all of these things mm. that I had and I just this this complete like fear, apprehension, uh, all these emotions mixed into one. And I would set that all to the side and I log into my switch and I would get to my Animal Crossing town and I just try to get a few more nook miles to find some bamboo to to build that next table to catch that last fish, you know, whatever it was at the time. And having that like that, it it transcends what games mean at that point like this game for so many people including myself was that that other thing it it wasn't just a video game it was a cultural experience and if i were to take it out of that bubble and assess it as a video game it's not my favorite animal crossing game I i i think i might even have more time in new leaf and all those things and i could explain for hours the reasons why but distilling my experience down with with this particular game is like this game was necessary for a lot of people this game served a real life purpose for a lot of people and just that on its own it's going to have significant historical context for for video games for the future of nintendo and for the future of a lot of people's lives and i think that is just so rad so i have nothing but fondness for it and while i will probably not get kk slider to come to my second island I am looking forward to getting back to catching a few nighttime bugs tonight. I like that when uh, the person who unfortunately has to go last in the summary says, oh, I don't have much more to say. And then they come out with an absolute <laughs> banger like that. Yeah. It uh, turns out you did just as well. Right. Just remains for me then, Leon, to thank Ryan and Chris and Brian and editor Jay, our correspondents. And of course, all of you for listening. Next time, in issue 557, we return to the world of virtual reality with Moss and his sequel, Moss Book 2.